Meet the new play caller, same as the old one. Welcome back to the podcast daily. Surprise, surprise, Ryan Day is going to be dialing up some ball plays for Ohio State. Uh, welcome back. That's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. I feel like the three of us kind of left, I don't know, when was the moment you felt like he was going to take it back? Let's Ooh. let's dive in that way. Like a week in the spring? <laughs> <laughs> a week in the spring. Pretty quickly, okay. Yeah. It was uh, two weeks ago in this in the in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, and he said, it, "Giving that's up pretty giving up that's pretty hard." And yeah. he didn't. You could tell that he didn't want to do it. And then when you don't have a quarterback decided at this point, I think it adds to the imperative that he is the guy doing it because of his feel for both of them, because of his feel for the offense. Um, I, you know, I'm not entirely surprised, but I I do I do I guess hope that what you get is the Georgia play caller all the year long and not the guy who comes out and has a thousand other things he's worried about and then sort of you know milk toasts things all right well let's is that a verb no but you <laughs> sure you a... you turn a lot of things into verbs which is something that we all appreciate yeah. about you um what i do well let's let's project that forward then so <clears throat> Ryan Day has talked about continuing to bring along Brian Hartline as a play caller, that he will still have opportunities to do that. I don't know exactly what that looks like. I'm not down state is what it looks like. If you get to do it against one game, like just go do it and, and see how it goes. Is that what you expect? That's what I would do. Okay. That's what I would do. That's what, I actually think that's what he's going to do. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Berm, you mentioned this, that you want the Georgia version of the play caller. I'm thinking back to conversations we had over the summer, and we get asked a lot of questions about that. And like, do you think that Brian Hartline's actually going to do it? What would that look like? This is an important year for Ryan Day. Can he really give that up? Uh, he's also very good at it. Should he give it up? And I think, you know, you said the first week of spring, it sort of got like after spring and into summer when you could tell that the collectives were doing their job, the recruiting was better, that they had delegated some other responsibilities for Quinn Temple and other people inside this building. And it was like, well, if all that stress that Ryan Day was feeling a year ago in the summer is now gone, well, that gets up. does that allow you to get into the mindset of the play caller again? Is that going to continue over into the first weekend in September or all the way through November? You know, I don't know, but it did feel like once you got past spring balls, like, ah, maybe it would be better if this guy who's been doing it for a really long time continues to. And I know that that also sounds like an argument against myself when I said nobody has won a playoff championship doing that. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's still probably one who would be in line to buck that trend, but there's been two in the going back to like the start of the BCS, right? It's been Jim Trestle and Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher. That's yeah. it, right? Since the playoff era, that, there's not there's been not one. Been yeah. yeah. I, <clears throat> it's a consideration. Like, I, I, the question I've been asking myself is like, I guess it's twofold. Like, can you be the most effective head coach you can possibly be while also being the full-time offensive coordinator? I think the answer to that question is no. Can you be as effective of a play caller as you have been at Ohio State while pulling back on the Sunday to Friday duties of being the offensive coordinator? I don't know the answer to that, but I think it could be yes. And if the answer to that question is yes, then I don't really have much of a problem with what has transpired. I don't know that I'd want to hand this all over to a guy who's never called plays before. It doesn't, and that's not an, any kind of indictment on Brian Hartline. I think eventually he will be a very effective offensive coordinator. He probably thinks he's that now, and that's great. He's super confident. 
It's just too important. And there's a brand new starting quarterback and there's three new starting offensive linemen. I want the guy who's had his hands on the controller since he's been here to maintain some of that control, some of that power. So as long as it is what he said it's going to be, which is like, I'm going to help Brian transition here. Brian has gotten much better at the organizational aspects of this job and taking some of that off my plate. And Ryan Day can still be a little bit uh, diversified, I guess, for lack of a better word, in his duties. CEO-y. CEO-y. And still call plays. Like, I think that that is a balance you can strike, but I also maybe am naive. I don't Has know. he CEO'd enough? Uh, I don't know. My question is similar to yours, but a, a touch more pulled back in is, what is the best thing for the 2023 Ohio State football team? And I don't think that having a first-time play caller with first-time quarterback, with three new offensive linemen, is the best thing when the guy who would be handing the controller over is arguably the best play caller in college football with, alongside Lincoln Ryan. It's in a conversation. Yeah. So, like, yeah. if he can do it and he can show that he can handle all these things and still go out there and be aggressive and, and be that really in-tune play caller that he was against Georgia and that he was prior to the last 18 months, um, then hell yeah, like, he should be the guy calling the plays. And then you teach Brian Hartline to get there. But, yes, yeah, surrendering it and saying hands off of this is this is your job now in a year that Ohio State has as much talent as anybody in the country but a couple key questions i think you are better served having Ryan Day be that guy if he's the guy that he was against Georgia and do you think he will be he says he's going to be he's said as much he's admitted i recognize i need to be that guy i need to bring that energy i need to to be that so i don't think that it's bs from him i think he means it so um but we'll see because once the season starts and all of the other things start to percolate and all the other concerns you have as a head coach start to arise, you know, Urban Meyer was not the play caller for Ohio State, but he called every important play and it was always the same play, right? So, like, <laughs> well, that's easy then. So, but I'm saying, I like, think Ryan Day has a more right, so, expanded palette. So I'm saying it made it easy for Urban Meyer to call those important plays because you knew exactly what he was called. Yeah. For Ryan Day, it's, it, ha- it is in being much more involved and much more attuned. To what's happening every single drive and that's that's sometimes hard for coaches because you're handling everything else some of that also i think is is being comfortable and knowing that the defense is in a better position trusting justin fry trusting tony alford and it, you know you have a better continuity with the staff currently around you mm. because you've got everyone back i mean obviously you lose kevin wilson who is sort of his right hand guy in the play calling department but they love keenan bailey and everything he brings and i think some of that is him being able to say i trust you guys i'm, I'm going to step out of these areas and focus on the things I'm good at. You made it, yeah, you you sparked something there when you talked about Jim Knowles and the defensive staff. Like, what is Ryan Day gonna really do to supplement that? When he brought in Jim Knowles, the intention was, this is the head coach of the defense because Ryan Day still needed and wanted to be involved specific to the quarterbacks and also as a play caller. Uh, now, at the end of November last year, we certainly said, well, maybe, maybe that's not the right setup, but if he's not going to be part of helping Jim Knowles game plan intimately, um, and you trust in year two that he's more familiar with the personnel, that the scheme is, you know, more installed, whatever percentage number, you know, we didn't get to, we forgot to ask that yesterday, Bill, or excuse me, Monday, uh, hmm. what percentage of the playbook was installed? Shame on us. Uh, but the fact that <laughs> it's frozen at seventy seven point six, come on, upload, upload. Uh, it's just spinning, but the. You trust Jim Knowles to do that. Well, that's that leaves you more time to go back to the offense. It's never going to be natural for him to go watch 
linebackers or stand on the other side of the football during an inside drill. And frankly, his time is not well spent doing that. So he's going to be intimately involved in the offense no matter what. And if he has found some balance to develop Brian Hartline at the same time so that maybe at some point down the future he doesn't have to do that, great. But as Berm's other point, there are so many new variables with a quarterback and both tackles and center and all these like to add one more ooh, one more gamble, that's that was a bridge maybe too far. And the more I thought about it, the less sense it made. I think like I agree, like Ryan Day should not be in defensive meetings helping formulate the game plan. I do think he needs to make himself like firstly probably available more available to the defensive players so that he can give off a like I th- I think the way the offense played against Georgia was a reflection of like those players feeding off of Ryan Day. And if he can give that to the entire team, obviously the team is better because of that. So I think that's important. Um and I also think too like he, he should not be calling defensive plays or I think be that nitty-gritty into it. But also, I think he should be able to get on the headset and say, like, hey, Jim, it's third and nine. J.J. McCarthy hasn't completed a pass yet. Maybe don't send the house on this play. And I and, and I think right. there are things that need to be taken off of his plate. So Is he that can just be switching more, channels on the headset? Yeah, <laughs> but he needs to be, like, more in tune with that, like, game management stuff on both sides of the ball, I think. And I don't. I think you can do that if you're calling the plays. Maybe, maybe you cannot. I, I don't, maybe I'm giving him too much credit. I think but you that's can what I'm worried if about. You're, if the other six days of the week, you have less bull hanging around that you're trying to sort through every yeah. minute of the day. Um, th- there is a difference between being in the defensive meetings and calling defensive plays and knowing what is happening and being involved in their conversations and listening to the conversations rather than thinking about the next time you get the ball, what you're going to do like yeah. that. You have to find a balance. And I think and it'll come across like an excuse for, or, you know, Ryan day explaining or whatever, but like he's heading into his fifth year as a head coach. So he's 44 years old. It's, it's, it is a learning curve for everybody. And he's still in his first head coaching job ever. So um, I think those are all, you know, we, we listened to Jim Knowles on Monday, talk about all the things he's learned and the changes he's made. People don't generally ask Ryan Day that question for some reason because we're so dialed into the specifics and the the granular stuff. But like, there are big picture advancements and growth in what Ryan Day is learning as a head coach. But we don't ever really ask about that because the time is so limited. I mean, I I also don't think about it that way, other than just acknowledging the reality. And sometimes we talk about it and bring it up, but it's weird because. That'd be a foreign concept in some ways for me as a reporting and being in a press conference. Like, you expect to, to be a really experienced, like Urban Meyer, Jim Trestle, John Cooper had all been doing it so long. Like, that, none of that was new to them. There wasn't learning, there wasn't on the job training. It's like, that's just a, a thing that I don't think I've ever had to ask a head coach before. Yeah. I don't and, think about doing it. And I don't, I don't know if he actually, like, I think they're valid questions, but yeah. do you want to stand up there at the podium right. and talk about how would. you're learning on the fly? No, I'm not bit, sure or? that he wanted yeah. to be asked those questions, but yeah. I think it is still worth us as we as you try to evaluate where he is as a head coach and the decisions that he makes. Like those things have to be considered because they're not inconsequential. Yeah, it's kind of why I think the any hot seat conversation that's out there doesn't really exist and. Uh, well, it doesn't exist for Ohio State. If there are, if you're listening out there in the fan base and you think that this is a make or break year, you have to be, you have to win the game in November. I, 
I, I completely respect your opinion. I have no problem with you feeling that way. It may not be the reality in here um, for a lot of reasons, which is with the three playoff appearances in four years, with the way that the expanded playoff is coming next year, like if Ryan Day was somehow available in December, then 50 other programs would sign him to be their head coach the very next day. Um, that's how good a, a job he's done in the transition from Urban Meyer. Has it been perfect? I think we can all say no because there's not a new ch national championship banner hanging in here. There's a couple years without gold pants around anybody's neck, and there aren't big shiny new rings from the last couple years in the Big Ten. Those are important details. So there's not. this is not an effort by me to justify that it's been good enough and everyone should be happy. If you're not, if you're unhappy, that's fine because that, he is too. And they want to do more and it's not always going to happen overnight. And I think this is the year to prove it. He understands that. That's why I think he's taking the reins the way that he is because he wants to be the one to decide, not, not necessarily his fate, but the destiny of this particular team when so many people are watching him. I think that there are, you know, Think back to last summer, last year at this time. When Ryan Day would walk through here, you could just sense the tension. Mm -hmm. There was there was heat emanating. It was and like <laughs> then, you know, it happened at the, the game against Georgia. He was walking into the building and making fun of me. Um, which whatever. I'm glad it, if, if it makes you feel good, Ryan, go ahead. Hey Burr, milk toast isn't a bird. <laughs> He's mocking me, saying I looked scared. I'm like, I am I'm just taking photos, man. I don't know what you I don't do. know, you did. Uh and then, you know, on, on Tuesday night <laughs> he calls it like he sees it. Tuesday night he's walking off the field and he turns to Austin and me and goes, How much do you guys give me to tell you the starting quarterback? <laughs> so like that's not something he would have done a year 1870 ago. missed a massive opportunity. Yeah, I, this beat would just be listen, pony enough. They still have a chance. The $10,000 donation level. They still level. have a chance. If you want to be the person who <laughs> figures out, the who wants to be told the starting quarterback first, there may still be an opportunity for the 1870 Foundation Society, whatever, to make that happen. Uh, but Get that, in touch, people. That is not something. I'm ready for it to be over. That is not something you. he would have done a year ago. No, There's right. not a, a, a chance in hell he would have walked off the field and made that joke. Does that mean he knows who it is? <laughs> well, we'll leave it right there. Oh, that card got declined. Just <laughs> try this one. Run this one. Let's get it over with. Um, all right. That's it. That's it? That's all I got. I just, I don't know how this evolved or devolved into that, but yeah. Well, we're still talking about Ryan Day. So the 1870 we, Society should definitely try to make that a on-the-fly fundraiser um, ASAP because you only got, well, 10 days to figure it out. Yeah. You just turned Canadian there hey, for a second. 10 days, eh? He's working to try and get the voices back out of his head through the mouth. Do you know him. that Canada is really just spelled C-N-D? C-A-N-A-D-A. Thanks for joining us the, <laughs> the podcast daily. A woody Wednesday morning. Hope you enjoyed it. Sorry for that joke. I don't know why. Uh, that was Tell weird. your friends. Don't. <laughs> Don't tell anyone, America. That's Bill. He's Berm. I'm Austin. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.